Welcome back. This should be fun. Uh, this is going to be a little different. I'm hoping better overall. Um, I'm shooting it a little earlier than usual. Usually I do these at about 2 a.m. for some reason. Uh, it's 9.40 p.m. So you might be able to hear a bit of the dun 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 dun, -dun of the clubs in the distance and the dogs a bit more than usual. And uh, I think the video quality is going to be better and, and the audio quality too. So this is a little bit of an experiment. I'm going to do this, put it up, compare, and if this one's better, I'll continue doing, doing it this way. So let's get uh, right to it. Sorry, squeaky chair. All right, see. Does this look familiar? If not, you've never been to my website. It's okay. It's, uh, it's edwardreeb.com in Google. Anyway, uh, chapter 17, Anger. By the way, this is Dhammapada. And by the way, um, if this is the first you're seeing of these, I recommend doing the, this one first. This is part one. I mean, up here is part one, and uh, what you're looking at is part four. So we're jumping in right in the middle. Um, if you want to start at the beginning, then you can do that. Uh, if not, you can start at part four. It's up to you. <clears throat> anger. Abandon anger. Forsake pride. Overcome all shackles. No sufferings befall the man who is attached to neither body nor mind. He who holds back rising anger, like a charioteer controls a rushing chariot, is a true driver. Others merely hold the reins. Conquer the angry with love. Conquer the evil with good. I think Paul might have read this. Conquer the greedy with generosity. Conquer the liar with the truth. Speak the truth. Yield not to anger. Give if asked, even though you may have little. With these three steps, come closer to the gods. The sages who cause no harm to any being and are ever in control of their body will go to the realm of the deathless, in parentheses, attain nirvana. Once there, they will suffer no more. Those who are ever watchful, who walk the path of discipline day and night, striving for nirvana, their sins will be wiped away. Oh, Atula, this is an old saying, not only of today. They blame him who sits silent. They blame him who speaks much. They also blame him who speaks little. There is no one in this world who is not blamed. There never was, there never will be, nor is there now a man 
who is always blamed, or a man who is always praised. But he whom the wise praise, upon observing him day after day, is a man of good character, wise, and virtuous. Who would find fault with such a man, as fine as a gold made, a coin made of gold from the Gambu River? Even the gods praise him. Brahma praises him as well. Beware of expressing bodily anger. Control the actions of the body. Cast aside the sins of the body. And practice virtue with your body. Beware of expressing anger in speech. Control your speech. Sorry being a hypocrite there. Cast aside verbal misbehavior. Oh, sorry. That's probably about me. And practice virtue within your speech. Beware of the anger of the mind. Control your mind. Cast aside the sins of the mind and practice virtue with your mind. The wise are controlled in their body, in speech, and in mind. Indeed, they are wholly controlled. Chapter 18. Impurity. You are now like a withered leaf. The messenger of death has come to claim you, and you stand at the door of your departure. Yet you have made no provisions for your journey. Transform yourself into an island. Work hard and become wise. Free yourself of all sins and desires, and you will enter the heavenly world of the noble ones. Your life has come to an end. You have set out to stand in the presence of the King of Death, or Yama. There is no resting place for you along the road. Yet you have made no provisions for your journey. Transform yourself into an island. Work hard and become wise. Free yourself of all sins and desires, and you will be free from this cycle of rebirth and decay. Little by little and moment by moment, the wise man wipes away all his impurities, just as a smith wipes away the impurities of silver. Just as rust destroys the very iron that it arises from, so do evil deeds destroy the very perpetrator of that evil. Non-repetition is the rust that afflicts scriptures. Neglect is the rust that afflicts a house. Slovenliness, ooh, there's a vocab word, is the rust that afflicts the body. Obliviousness is the rust that afflicts the guard. Immortality is the rust that afflicts a woman. 
Greed is the rust that afflicts a benefactor. Evil deeds are the rust that afflict this world and the next. Just again, I want to remind everyone that I'm reading the Dhammapada, written 2,200 or so years ago, and translated into English. Not personally saying the things that are coming out of my mouth right now. I'm just saying what's on the text. And as a side note, if anybody has any uh, insight into immortality being the rust that afflicts a woman, I'd be interested in hearing what that refers to. Uh, I don't know, it's kind of just sort of a who, hmm, what? I mean, I guess as far as the pain of childbirth and the, that sort of thing, uh, the, the immortality of the flesh uh, puts a, a great burden on women, I suppose. <coughs> that's all I got. I don't know. And if that's what it's referring to, I, I don't disagree in this context, even though it's kind of like in this day and age, you got to kind of stop and look at the, especially the older stuff and say, what are you saying here, buddy? What do we need to update? <coughs> Excuse me. But worse than all these is the rust of ignorance. Rid yourself of this rust, O oh monks, and become free of stain. <coughs> Pardon me. It's interesting uh, to become free of ignorance means to gain knowledge, right? So, I don't know. I mean, I, I know what, what different people would say, maybe, if you asked, if you put this question to them. Uh, should a, a person who's following these strict Theravada monk rules read books? And if so, what kind of books? Is Harry Potter okay, or should they stick with textbooks to gain knowledge? Buddhist books? What do you think? I mean, I guess you're on YouTube, so you're into gaining knowledge. I mean, you're looking at a, a reading thing. It's not, not a TikTok thing, you know. It's, maybe it's a bias selection. If I, Your answer would be different than someone who's spent their whole life in a cave. But the person spending their whole life in a cave probably isn't going to see this. And if they are, are you really even in the cave anymore? Like, at that point, you might as well at least go say hi to the people in the town. I'm just saying. Anyway. Life is easy for one who is without shame. Like a crow, he is arrogant and boastful, pushy and insulting. He is wretched indeed. Life is hard for the one who is molest. I'm just reading what's on the page. 
depending on how I correct that typo, would determine the meaning of the sentence. Let's read on. Maybe it'll start to clarify itself in context. He seeks purity, is quiet, and, oh, excuse me, <laughs> modest. <laughs> to start that sentence over. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Maybe I should wait till my uh, clears up before I read the next one after this. Life is hard for the one who is modest. He seeks purity, is quiet, see it makes more sense now, and detached, who leads a clean life and is intelligent. He who destroys life, who speaks untruths, who takes what is not given to him, who goes to another man's wife, and who drinks intoxicating liquors, such a man uproots himself in this world itself. Oh, friend. Know this, and then that evil deeds are difficult to control. Know this, then, that evil deeds are difficult to control. Take care that greediness and vice do not bring grief to you for years to come. The world gives according to their faith and their concern. He who worries about the food and drink given to others will find no peace either by day or by night. See, there we are again, where it kind of comes in conflict with kind of modern, uh, oh, I don't know, I guess bleeding heart liberal, uh, like myself, I'm ironically using what they used to call us a hundred years ago. Never mind. Uh, what I'm saying is, you should care if other people are getting food, right? I mean, it talks in one, in one breath, it says give, give everything you have, just keep giving, give, 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 right? But then it says, don't be concerned about whether people have food or not. Well, it's saying about what they eat, so that could go either way. Um, they're eating too fancy, they're eating uh, the sacred uh, animal meat, they're, they're eating um, vegan, and I don't like that makes me feel weird that they're vegan whatever it is you know, if you're concerned about what another person is eating that th there's a whole bunch of different ways that that can go so I'll just keep reading you know overanalyzing Virgo over here <clears throat> it is easy to find fault with others yeah I, th I, th I thought I saw where that was going like hey what are you eating there hey buddy like maybe to your fellow monk like it's saying you be vegetarian monk don't worry about what the monk next to you is doing Unless you're the abbot, I guess, or whatever. The, uh, what's the word for that? The Roshi? The, uh, okay, where was I? Talking about food and the faults of others. There's no fire like passion. 
Oh, friend, know that this evil deeds... Yeah, okay, we read this. He who worries about the food and drink given to others will find no peace either by day or by night. Here we go. But he who destroys all feelings of envy... Yeah, okay, it's envy, so we're not talking about not caring about people not getting enough food. We're talking about worrying that their, their food is too good or something. It's, or it's like taboo or something. Uh... He who destroys all feelings of envy, driving them out from their very roots, will find peace by day and by night. There is no fire like passion. There is no hold like hatred. There is no snare like illusion. There is no deluge like greed. It is easy to perceive the faults of others. One's own faults are harder to perceive. A man winnows his neighbor's faults like chaff. I think that might have made sense at some point in history, but hides his own faults just as a cheat hides a losing throw. Again, at some point in history, I think that made sense. He who is forever noticing the faults of others and is forever taking offense will find his own sins growing he will remain far from the destruction of his sins. There is no path in the sky. That took a sharp left turn. Similarly, there is no person outside the order of the awakened ones who can be called an ascetic. That's similar to there being no path in the sky. The world delights in materialistic things. The Tathagatas or the Buddhas, according to the parentheses, are free from materialism. There is no path in the sky. Back to this again. Similarly, there is no person outside the order of the awakened ones who can be called an ascetic. Is there already uh, somebody already have an order of the awakened ones? I'm assuming that. That is probably the case. Nothing conditioned is eternal. That was in the book. That wasn't just something that I said after my stupid ramblings. But the awakened, or Buddhas, in parentheses, are never shaken. Okay, sorry about all the sidebars and footnotes. Should we do one more? One more chapter? Yeah, two chapters is like, let's do three chapters. So this is chapter 19. The just. And I'm assuming that means like the, you know, the correct, the justice full, the full of justness, the full of justice and not like, it's just, uh, he's just, it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's not, a, it's a different usage of the same word. Okay, the just. A man who judges with haste or violence is not just. He's not just, no, okay, he's not just. A wise man is he who considers what is right and what is wrong before making a judgment. A man who judges without bias or prejudice, who guides others according to the sacred law. That wise man is a true guardian of the law and is called just.
A man is not wise because he talks much. He who is patient, free from hatred and fear, he is called wise. A man is not learned in the sacred law because he talks much. He who, though has learnt little, yet has embraced the law with body and soul, he is a true follower of the law. A man is not an elder because his head is gray. Hopefully that means his hair. He may be ripe in age, but is called old in vain. He in whom there is truth, virtue, love, restraint, and self-control. He who is free from all impurities and is wise. He is called an elder. You see, if you've recently heard part three of this, the last part, you heard me ramble on when he was saying, don't love. And now it's saying he who is full of love is deserving to be called an elder. I, again, I, I kind of, I want to get into the poly of it and, and the, uh, that's P-A-L-I, by the way, for, I think the, uh, if you're reading those, the, the words on the bottom of the screen, it's spelling it P-O-L-Y because the robot doesn't know these things. If we're talking about Buddhism, we're not talking about like, well, maybe we are. Maybe some folks will talk about polyamory and Buddhism, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the language, the ancient language, Pali. Anyway, um, yeah, so what I'm suspecting, what I'm suspecting is that there's one Sanskrit or Pali word that got translated as the word love when it said don't love, and a different word that's being translated as love that it's saying that love is a good thing and a virtue that you should have, right? And it's talking about compassion and giving to others, and so just addressing, because I know some folks will latch on to one little piece of a scripture and say, ah, the Buddha says that loving is wrong. That means he's totally screwed, you know? Like people who were like sort of those uh, battle-ready, you know, uh, apologism via uh, mental, you know, debate football type scenarios where they can be like, ha, kill shot. Oh, you can. Now Buddhism is dead and everybody has to be Christian. All right. You know what I mean? A little. Okay. Mm -hmm. He who is... Envious, greedy, or dishonest does not become respectable just by the eloquence of his speech or the beauty of his appearance. Well, I guess I'll have to work a little harder then. <laughs> okay. He in whom all these evils are destroyed, purged from their very roots, who has rid his self of all hatred, that wise man is called respectable. Not alone by a shaven head does he who is undisciplined and untruthful become a samana, or monk. How can he who is still held captive by desires and greed become a samana? He who has overcome evil, both small and large, is called a samana, because he has overcome all evil. Not just by asking for alms, 
does a man become a bhiksu or monk? See again, it's different words both being translated as monk, but surely they mean different things. Because how can you give to the poor if you're a beggar, right? Am I wrong? Who is he talking to? Are these like multiple letters, one to a king and one to the congregation that got mixed up or something? <coughs> okay. Mm -hmm. He who has risen above good and evil and inconsistencies. No, I added that part. That's not part of it. Uh, who is chaste and who makes his way through the world with knowledge. He indeed is called a bhiksu. Okay. Just by observing silence. He who is foolish and ignorant does not become a moony or sage. Rather, wise is he who weighs what is good and what is bad as if holding the scales of balance and then embraces the good. He who shuns all evil is truly a sage. He comprehends both the worlds and is called a Muni. M-U-N-I, it's not the same as what you're thinking of, if you're thinking of that. Um, he who harms living creatures is not an Arya or noble one. He is the Kwisatz Satirach. He brings no harm to any living creatures. Uh, is called an Arya. I'll read that again. He brings no harm to any living creatures. Is called an Arya. Proofreading is important. Not by taking vows or following rules. Not by learning excuse me, not by much learning, not by meditation, not by seeking solitude, and not by thinking, I have earned the happiness of renunciation that no ordinary person can know. Should you, O Bhiksu, be content as long as you have not extinguished all desires and sins. All right. Okay, well, uh, we'll close with that. And uh, I hope that this setup was a little better than before. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And if my calculations are correct, you should actually be able to hear me um, intoning the OM this time. We shall see. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Oh. Thank you for tuning in. Like, subscribe, and share with all your friends. Good night.